0: Hi there, my name's Willie Russo, and you're listening to Interview with an Artist, the weekly show where we speak with a range of art world players. Sydney-based painter Sarah Waghorn is known for painting the most beautiful flowers. So much so, people message her when they see certain flowers out on their travels. I mean, that's exactly what I did. It was the Angel Trumpet, or Brugmansia that saw me sending Sarah a DM. She'd captured them so beautifully in one of her paintings That when I was out on one of my walks and saw a tree full of them, I sent her a message saying it made me think of her. The self-described simple girl from the London Burbs only came to painting in 2015. Prior to that, she spent the first part of her career working in the heady world of glossy magazines. On today's episode of Interview with an Artist, we talk about her winding road to painting and the catalysts that saw her finally put paint to canvas. We talk about how she found herself hung in the same show as one of her heroes, Mary Tonkin, and how the love for her favourite flower began in her grandmother's garden when she was a little girl. Now, Sarah and I sat down for this conversation about a month ago, and it was at a time when we still had our fingers and toes crossed that COVID would ease up, and her very first solo show would be opening today at Granger Gallery in Canberra. Well... Sarah's solo has been delayed, like so many artists' shows, right? However, there is a very funny story about how the solo came about and how Sarah actually thought Casey Grange had made a mistake in approaching her. <laughs> if you don't already, head on over and follow Sarah's work on Instagram at Sarah Waghorn Art. Now let's get into today's show. Sarah Waghorn, thank you so much for joining us on Interview with an Artist. I feel like we bonded over a flower.
1: Yes, I think it was probably the brugmansia, the the yeah. angel trumpet from Wendy yes.
0: Whiteley's garden, yeah. Yes, you paint, I mean, you paint just the most stunning, um, stunning florals and I love those flowers and you paint them so beautifully and I think I remember like going, oh, my God, Sarah, every time I see these I think of you. Oh, well, <laughs> you're
1: not the only person actually. Quite a few people have, have uh, messaged me and said every time I see that flower or they send me flowers, you know, in oh! Queensland or of the trumpet flower and they go, I thought of you. Oh, it's so nice. It's so lovely when they do that.
0: It is so now. Nice. Um, and now you're originally from the UK. Yes. And that's right. your path to the easel was not direct. You Oh no. Started-
1: <laughs> it's been a long and winding path, actually. I feel like I've only just kind of arrived and I feel like I'm finally home. Um yes. I don't know why it took so well, I sort of do know why it took so long. Um Look, I went to art college. I I was the only one in my family who was um, in the least bit artistic. And I was just drawing and drawing, drawing from earliest memory. And all my family, not in the slightest bit artistic. Um, And I remember um, (laughs) having a conversation with my mother saying, I really want to go to art college. Stamping my foot type thing. And She said, oh, you get your O levels and A levels, young lady first sort of thing. Anyway, look, I finally went to art college. And in the UK, we have a thing called um, a foundation course where, if you're going to do a degree in art, you have to do this one year in your sort of local government art college. And you have a go every week, you're doing something different like printmaking, woodwork, photography, interior design, painting, you know. And at the end of that year, they say, they sit you down and they say, right, let's see what your strengths are. And and I was basically a bit of an all-rounder and he, he just said, you know, what do you want to do? And I kind of had my mother's voice bearing down on me in my head. You know, um, you've got to go out and earn some money and have a proper job type thing. So I said graphic design. So I ended up going off and doing my degree in graphic design um, in Bristol. And... Um, during that time, I sort of saw the progression from, you know, things like hot metal press and film photography and all those things. I was at this point where things were changing and, you know, hot metal press printing was just, you know, archaic. Um, anyway, look, uh, just uh, essentially, um, I-, I was quite obsessed with magazines, totally obsessed yeah. with magazines. I was. You spent about 10 years working [SSSSS1] Yeah, well, that's the thing. I had this idea that I really wanted to go and work for one of those, you know, House and Garden or Vogue or, you know, whatever. Anyway, my first job was at Condé Nast, actually, and um, I managed to get a job as art assistant on Brides magazine. And, you know, I worked my way up through to art editor and then I worked for Elle magazine and I worked for um, House and Garden and... You know, I had the most fabulous time in London. I was going to say, in I can my imagine. 20s. It was a really fun time. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was very eye opening for me because, you know, I was sort of a simple sort of girl from the suburbs and suddenly I was working with uh, international photographers and models and, you know, art directing. And oh, it's just, it was so glamorous. Glamorous. <laughs> yes, so, so glamorous. Yes. So different from very, now. <laughs> very heady and oh. very kind of, Seductive. I grew up I grew up really did grow up very heady and it was you know the 80s going into the 90s oh, and you know peak luxury time Brit was peak pop was then. happening everything was just happening it was such an exciting time to be in your 20s living in london just having a ball you know it's fab
0: and so then we so in 1999 you moved to australia
1: 97 actually I got
0: 97 I met
1: my Australian now husband in London and I was his English souvenir basically we got married there and I left a week later oh my
0: god yeah and so you came out you did a photography course that's right and you then had you were thinking going down the photography path then as happens I I just started
1: to work as a freelance photographer yeah, And it was all still role film and all that kind of thing. And then, you know, I had a baby. I couldn't hold off baby. the baby thing. <laughs> and and then we got uh, transferred around the world. Well, we, we got sent back to London, actually. So I was in a different state there with babies living in London. Then we went um, to live in Asia, you know, and I sort of kept having children in de- different countries. Um, so my life was very full with the whole expat thing. Um, there wasn't any time for creativity, really. My, my children were my creative thing. <laughs> yeah. So you picked up the paintbrush in about 2015? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah.
0: Wow. And tell us about, like, okay, because a lot of people think about painting, right? And they yeah. go, okay, I'm just going to buy some paints yeah. and then I might buy a canvas. Like, what was the catalyst for you? And tell us that moment when you finally... Oh, so, so
1: yes, there was a catalyst and I'm so grateful. I, I, you know, my children at, uh, were at um, Kalani Heights Public School and I was introduced to a, a fabulous mum there and she was, well, she is, she's this great artist, Marie-Lou Palazon, and she said, oh, um, we should we should do an art class because she, she was a painter and we started chatting about that. And actually, we ended up renting, you know, Um, a a children's art um, course place in the evenings and a whole bunch of us all just mums went there every Thursday seven o'clock we were there with lots of wine it was my (laughs) husband used to call it smudge and giggle (laughs) but it was we had to uh, you know it was our way to escape from um, domestic you know children and everything and we just painted all of us different uh, you know whether whether anyone could paint or not they were about 10 of us and do you know what it was that was the catalyst the most exciting sort of revelation really I mean look I knew I was going to paint I always had in my mind that I would paint uh, when I retired I mean you know like that Sunday painter type thing but that was so silly of me to think that because all my life I had been kind of just putting it off and putting it off because I'm an all or nothing person. I couldn't have children and young children at home and paint. There's no way I could do that. I don't know how some people do that now. It's just. Uh... I know. It's, it's its impressive, isn't it? I, oh, mean... <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I, I i was full on, you know, my mother worked when I was growing up and something made me think, you know what, when I'm, my children are really small, I, I just want to be there totally for them. I want to be in that sandpit with them. I want to, you know. Um, and God, the time goes so fast. And so, I think we all we all come to things when we're ready, right? Like yeah. And all... look, I've only got one more child at at school now, so he's in year ten. So um, oh, perfect. I've got the most you know wonderful time now for me. And in 2016,
0: you submitted a piece to the Waringa Art Prize yes. and it was shortlisted. Yes. Can you remember the piece and can you remember the feeling when you were like, oh, my God, I'm shortlisted?
1: <laughs> I know, and it was the first prize I entered. I mean, can you believe that? Talk about beginner's luck. Um, yes, it was a painting of Wendy Whiteley's garden and I had been going there um, quite a bit sketching um, Oh, that that garden is just so beautiful isn't it phenomenal oh I take my Um, mum there every time Sydney yes and I go I still go I I, I've still got so much more to do in there because the garden changes all the time you know there are some wonderful gardeners there who just maintain it and plant different things it always looks different um so anyway yes I did I did a painting from there um and it got shortlisted and I thought oh this is this is rather good, and of course, after that, I entered all sorts of prizes. Didn't get anywhere because uh, you know there are so many people trying. That's the thing.
0: What do you feel prizes add to your career, or or um, yeah, what do you feel they add to your career, or what what role do they play in your artistic career?
1: Well, for a start, it's validation that that you know. Um, it is lovely when people say, oh, that's a nice painting, you know, your friends, your family, whatever. But but I feel like the art prize makes you think, you know what, somebody else who knows what they're talking about has said they really like the work. Um, it is a huge thrill and seeing it hung with some other artists. Um, I, you know, I got into the Kaleen Art Prize last year and one of my absolute heroes, uh, Mary Tonkin, was also in the same prize. I, I mean, that was such a thrill to be in the same group show, really. Um, yeah, so I, I just think they are fantastic. You've got to kind of enter them. And the minute you press send that you've entered, you just forget about it because you can't imagine that you're going to get anywhere with it. You just enter and forget, you know, set and forget. Set and forget. And what's your strategy for deciding
0: what prizes to enter?
1: Yes. Well, I I entered all sorts of prizes um, early on, and I look back now, and I I just think, you know, you've got to put in your best work. And I don't paint for prizes. Um, Actually, the exception I did enter the Archibald this year, so therefore I did paint a portrait. Um, but I just, whatever I've got going, if I look at it and I think, you know what, that's that's kind of where I'm at. So I'll enter that. that that's kind of my strategy. And I have, um, I don't enter nearly as many. Um, I look at who the judges are. Um, and I also really think about the timing. This is really crucial. The timing of when it's going to be announced and the timing of when it's got to be submitted. Because if you don't get that painting into that prize you look at the date because there might be another one you can then enter, you know, that that's quite crucial. Oh yeah, that's you a good know, tip. Um, yeah, yeah. so the the dates I always I just write a a big list of when when it's due and when the the painting, the finalists are announced. Those are the sort of key things.
0: Yeah. I can imagine the light between Australia and the United Kingdom is quite different. Oh, Tell us just, how that was when you first came and... Well, that was tried- the thing.
1: Yes. I, I, I'd i um, been working with photographers uh, in the UK for quite a long time. And, and, you know, that's all about the light, isn't it? And I came to Australia. It's so bright here. And for a start, the sun goes from one side of the sky to the other I got really confused about which way the sun was going um (laughs) anyway I'm used to that now uh it is so bright you know sunglasses on all the time practically um but it's a very exciting thing for me because the light color and light color is my thing and the colors really sing in bright sunlight I I think if I went over to the UK and painted I would find it quite a challenge. I know that Streeton found it a real challenge when he went back to the UK and did some painting and he just couldn't replicate that amazing glow of Australian light. It was Mm.
0: hard, yeah. What's your breakdown of painting plein air and studio painting?
1: Oh, well, recently um, I've been working towards um, this solo show, my first solo show. Um, So I've just been in the studio day after day basically um when it's when when I finish the work, I'm just putting the finishing touches on the last piece now, I'm just gonna go out there and paint 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 outside um I do it in bursts i, I really struggle with high summer, all those flies, the heat, you know i I really struggle with that so I'm more of a um winter spring and autumn kind of painter. Um, and
0: what's your what's uh give us your best plan air painting tip for keeping organized
1: <laughs> oh just don't take too much <laughs> every time I go out there I think oh i didn't need that and i didn't need that um keep it really simple i mean i'm doing more um gouache painting outside now, quick, quicker things um i'm finding it better to paint outside and sort of record all the colors and the shapes and the forms. And then come back to the studio and, and while it's fresh in my mind, paint, paint there, really, you know.
0: Yeah. What is it about the florals and the fauna that just, um, sorry, the florals and the flora that really just grab you and make you want
1: to paint them over and over? Yeah, I know. I think I didn't, I didn't see my first sort of Grevillea or Protea or Waratah until I was 33. <laughs> I and I remember going to the flower markets because a friend of mine was um working there at the time and we went we went uh, really early one morning and I just it was like seeing something from another planet I remember looking at a grevillea and thinking all those little you know yellow and red things were like um electricians wire, fuse why you know I'd never seen anything so exotic and bright and so I think I was really I mean I fell in love with them and um yeah they're just they're so much fun to paint because they're really bold and you know they're exciting
0: very exciting how do you know when you've captured them how do you know when the when to kind of
1: put the brush down yeah i think uh, the way i used to paint is i just do a painting paint it till the end and and then sort of send it off to a gallery or whatever and now i do really sit on them I almost finish a painting, put it to one side, start the next one. And then I just have it over in the corner of the room kind of winking at me. And every now and then I'll look at it and I'll go, oh, that needs fixing. Why didn't I see that bit? Or you know, And so I sort of bring it to a close um, at a, a slightly later stage. And, and you, you do end up not being able to see that what you're painting properly until some weeks later. Um, so it's not always good to rush through a painting. And then obviously once yep. I put the signature on it, then, then it's done. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, can't fiddle with it after that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you're in, when you're in full flight, what does a day of painting and being in the studio
1: look like? Are you up early? Are you a late painter? God, no. I'm so not an early painter. I don't really know quite how I managed to have babies because I'm so bad in the morning. Um, and I, I fought against that in the early days of painting, and now I know that I do I will not start painting till 11 or 12. So I spend the morning doing all the other things, you know, out in the garden, doing emails, just doing all the other things that need doing domestically. Um, and then I have, you know, settling for an afternoon session. I can't paint for longer than five hours, really. Um, yeah, just it's just very tiring. I stand to paint. So there's lots of walking backwards and forwards. Um, I'm not a sit down painter. So I, I just can't do it for hours on end.
0: Yeah. So kind of heading I'm, in I'm about. only
1: a Monday to Friday painter. I, I Weekends are for family, and garden, and cooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. And what's one
0: tool in your studio you could not go without?
1: That's a really hard question. Um, last year I made a a stool actually. Uh, My brother-in-law runs stool making, chair making courses in uh, Molong and I wanted to make a perching stool so I went with my youngest son actually, we had a week of mother-son bonding and we hand turned these um, chairs, these stools and it's now, it's the perfect height so when I do need to look back at my painting and sort of see what needs doing I perch on my stool and I love it it's so nice it just takes the weight off my legs it's fantastic and it looks beautiful
0: <laughs> oh that's very cool yeah
1: very cool. yeah where are you based I keep thinking
0: you're in Sydney but is that right
1: yes yes we're in Sydney we're we're sort of um, thinking about uh, a move to the country so uh, at the moment we're yeah this whole COVID thing has thrown everything up in the air Oh, my God. It has indeed, hasn't it?
0: Yes. (laughs) It has indeed. Because obviously we're all now in our five-kilometre radius, you know, you can't go outside your five-kilometre radius. So that that will be impacting on where everyone can get to. Um, If you could paint with any other artist, dead or alive, in their studio for a day, who would it be with? Oh,
1: God, that's a hard question. Oh, I I couldn't narrow it down to one, I think. Okay, give me three. I'd really, yeah, okay. I'd really like to, um, Hockney has been there right from the start, right from when I was really quite young. And I have sort of followed his career and read all his books and he's just, he would be an exciting um, person to be with. Um, I've recently discovered the work of Sorolla a Spanish painter who I, I just love his work. Um, and oh, Van Gogh, I still remember the first time I went to Amsterdam, we were on a, a college field trip for a week in Amsterdam, which was amazing. Went to the uh, Van Gogh Museum and I think I could have sat there all day. His, his drawings were amazing, incredible. What an incredible artist. Um, yeah, I was really yeah. I, I remember that was quite a turning point for me. But you know, I wasn't really painting at that stage. It was more drawing, I think. Yeah. You've got your last one hundred dollars to spend in the
0: art store. What oh. do you spend it on? Oh, I wouldn't buy very much. Hundred dollars. <laughs> Actually, I was talking to Carly Lesser for the last episode, and she, I was like saying, "What was your last art store?" purchase or splurge and she goes well I bought my paints again and that was eight hundred dollars worth and I was like oh
1: my god yes that's right forget (laughs) shoes and handbags (laughs) I know um you know and the reds because a lot of these um flowers um Australian natives a lot of them have a lot of red in them the reds are really expensive like oh just Yeah, why is that? Is it just the pigment involved? I I don't really know. Uh, Some things are cheaper than than others, you know. Um, So having a limited palette, if you're really hard up, it's it's probably not such a bad thing because painting with a limited palette is very good for you, you know. Forces you forces you to get creative. That's right. Um, Okay, what what was your last art store splurge then? Oh, it would have been paint. Yeah, paint definitely. Um, and and uh, canvases, you know, um, for this show. And, I, I, you know, I just bought a, a massive amount of paint because I didn't know what was happening in terms of lockdown. So I just stocked up. Yeah, it was paint. It's always paint. <laughs> yeah, it's always
0: paint. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have – you've got a solo exhibition coming up. Yes. Um, tell us about that. Tell us about the process of that actually coming to life
1: and then you – getting the work together for it yeah look um it's supposed to be on the 9th of September but it's been delayed so I I don't really know quite when it's going to be but I feel so ready for a a solo show and um I have a great friend of mine who's a painter who said you know you you need to be in a room with all your paintings and I that's how I feel I wanted to um just stand there and see them all in that sort of gallery space um I feel like I've been really working towards that um so uh, Granger Gallery um sent me a message last year um via DM on Instagram which um they slid into your DMs yeah I know and and you know I occasionally I I get these kind of bizarre requests from all sorts (laughs) of people you know you get funny um requests from galleries all over the world you know these sort of vanity galleries that that Say so, you know you could um, show your work, and of course they. Do you they know? Want...
0: Do you know how often I get approached by galleries in Europe that oh. are, you know, and I'm like, for starters, I'm not the art. Like yeah. they're like, oh my god, your feed looks amazing. I'm like, yeah,
1: yeah, awesome yeah. So so <laughs> you get a yeah, that's right. You get bombarded with those. So at first, for the first kind of twenty four hours of getting this message from from Casey Granger. I just thought, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> and Then And I thought i better re- re-look at that. So she wanted my email address, so I, I gave it to her. And then she sent this amazing um, email with, with uh, the, the gallery still being built and, you know, architectural plans. And I thought, oh, gosh, this looks, this looks quite um, impressive. And then mentioning some of the uh, artists she got on board. And then, of course, I had that moment of denial thinking, oh, she, surely she doesn't want me. She's got these other arts. This is a typo. She hasn't made this yes, yes. I've just been uh, selected by default, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and then there was a um, launch show uh, last November. I think it was November, and I just put in two works because I didn't really have too much, so I just had two, two works there, and they sold immediately. And I thought, gosh, this is exciting. So I said to her, I'd really like to do a solo show. And she said, yeah, go, go for it. So I thought I've, I've got to do the floral thing. I've been working on this for about four years. It started off as um, back in 2018, I did the other art fair. And I thought I'll just Oh, do how it. was that? Was I thought, that good? That was really good. That was a very good experience for me. The whole getting together a series of works, um, just meeting the public the promotional thing, you know, just it was fantastic. And I sold um, almost everything and covered my costs, So that was great. But I I thought I'll do flowering trees, because that's really, you know, I walk the dog every morning and I go around the su- suburb and see all these amazing trees at different times of the year well you know four years later I'm still doing flowering trees so for this solo exhibition I thought you know I'm going to narrow it down to just the two that I absolutely love and that's the flowering gum and the banksia so that's mm. all that's going to be in this exhibition And I feel like really narrowing it down has made me um, approach it in a slightly different way, different colour palettes, different aspects, you know. So I've got 25 paintings in the show. Yeah, I've really pushed myself and it's been really, really good for me,
0: yeah. And how long has that taken you? Has it been kind of like an eight-month lead-up or like a six-month lead-up from from kind of go to woe?
1: No, I think it's probably – I I did the um the grammar art show was the last sort of thing that I did and then um I I still um, put paintings into cab gallery in fact cab gallery uh, she came and found me at the other art fair and said I could sell your work which was fantastic that was a great introduction to to going with cab gallery Carrie Anne Blankett, she's been oh, yeah. the most fantastic supporter yeah um. That's right. Yeah, I I kind of started really around Easter, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And lockdown. I shouldn't say this, but it has been great because it it's basically I've just painted day after day. It's it's been great. I know. Well, it's it's forced
0: focus, yes. isn't it? Yes. Like
1: totally forced
0: focus. I, I
1: have a a big list of things now that I would need to get on with in the house. <laughs> the house is just a mess. But there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. The solo show is is good to it's, go. Like, that's right. Yeah, totally.
0: And so that's going to be well. Hope, will are they even thinking they'll do something online, or they're just kind of holding
1: their breath to I see? I really want to. I really is, want to hold is, off and have a live um, show because okay. that's really kind of. A, a lot of people have said to me, um, p- people who want to buy my work, they say, "I really like your work. I've seen it online, but." I just feel like I really want to see it in the flesh. And then other people have said, uh, uh, for example, recently I had a commission and the ladies in Melbourne, she said, I I went to a group show that you're at. I really liked the way you paint. And so therefore now I want you to do a painting for me. So she didn't buy any of the pictures in that show, but she really liked the way I, the brushstrokes. I mean, that's, that's the thing. My brushstrokes are. Um, what people get quite excited about. So um, I do want to have a physical show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, okay. So we will just
1: have to watch this um, space. Watch
0: this space. <laughs> yeah,
1: watch
0: this space. Oh, my God. And um, if you had to pick, like, one flower, what is it?
1: Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, I, I'm very enamoured by the angel trumpet, the brugmancia. Um it it goes back to when I was a small child and I was sort of running around my grandparents' garden and I don't didn't realise this till years later. She she had one there and I must have just been entranced by it, thinking they were like ballet skirts, you know. And and what I didn't realise is that she had to grow it in a pot and it had to be dragged into a courtyard over winter because they're not they don't like the cold. I don't quite know how she managed to grow it in England. Um so I think that that must have been in my subliminal kind of um, in the back of my mind, you know. Just that when I saw it here in Wendy's garden, I just thought, "Wow, look at that! That's something very special about it." So yeah, brugmansia. Yeah, <laughs> I love them too. I think um they're I think they're quite
0: poisonous. Is that right? Oh yes, shouldn't eat them. <laughs> yeah. yeah don't, m- don't munch on them. Yeah. don't. No. Um, <laughs> Out of interest, are any of your children artistic or do you see them see them kind of with an artistic
1: flair? Yeah, well, look, my son, my middle son is um, very creative and he draws. He's very, very skilled at drawing. He just drew all the time as a child, straight in the door, straight to his desk, drawing a picture. But I think his the part of his brain that that was very artistic has now sort of been taken over by, you know, he did his HSC last year. He's at university. He's doing a sort of architectural uh course. So so there is that thing there. But he is very gifted, but I've never pushed it. I think he'll come to art later on, actually. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, Sarah Waghorn, thank you so much for joining us on oh, in Interview so with an nice. Artist. We will absolutely be watching this space. Oh, just thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See when the exhibition does come at Granger and um, absolutely look forward to staying across your career as it evolves.
1: Oh, thank you, Willie. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having me.